Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I have a very exciting interview to share with you. I was able to speak with Paul Gregory, the author of the new book, The Oswalds, An Untold Account of Marina and Lee. I'm going to actually read the description of the book because I feel like it sums it up really well. Also, you want to read this book. It's so interesting, and I highly, highly recommend it. So anyway, here's what it says about the book. The closest friend of Lee Harvey Oswald and his Soviet wife, Marina, upon the couple's arrival in Texas, breaks a 60-year silence with a riveting story of his time with JFK's assassin and his candid assessment of the murder that marked a turning point in our country's history. Merely two hours after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, television cameras captured police escorting a suspect into Dallas police headquarters. Meanwhile, at the University of Oklahoma, watching the coverage in the student center, Paul Gregory scanned the figure in dark trousers and a white v-neck t-shirt and saw the bruised and battered face of Lee Harvey Oswald. Shocked, Gregory said, I know that man. In fact, he knew Oswald and his wife Marina better than almost anyone in America. Age 21, when these events occurred, Gregory remarkably went on to renown as a historian of the Soviet Union. After 60 years, Paul Gregory finally tells everything he knows about the Oswalds and how he watched the soul of a killer take shape. So, very interesting book, very unique, and I really, really enjoyed speaking with Paul. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Here I am joined by the author of The Oswalds, an untold account of Marina and Lee, Paul Gregory. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. So am I. Uh, Before we get started, though, will you please tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I guess I'm quasi-semi-retired, but not fully retired. Uh, For 50 years, I taught economics at the University of Houston. Uh, For the last uh, probably 15, 20 years, I've been a research fellow at the Hoover Institution of Stanford. I, so I, this book, I'm telling you, I loved it so much. Could not put it down. Very unique account, different than anything I've read. Um, and I thought it was really interesting to read about how you got connected with the Oswalds. Can you tell everyone a little bit about how you guys met and connected and how your friendship with them came to be? Well, the story is um, complicated and and simple. <laughs> uh, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, and that happened to be Lee's. Uh, hometown as well. So when Lee and Marina returned uh, to the United States, they returned to Fort Worth. There was a brief item in the paper about this, but not much attention was uh, focused on this. Mm-hmm. So they returned uh, to Fort Worth. Lee thought perhaps he could get jo- a job or something based upon the fact that he'd spent three years behind the Iron Curtain uh, and that he spoke fluent Russian. Uh, My father was born in Russia, in Siberia, spoke fluent Russian, offered Russian classes uh, at the Fort Worth Public Library. So the employment agency directed Lee to my father's office 
at Continental Bank building. And uh, the purpose of this was for Lee to get a certificate from my father saying he spoke fluent Russian. Before leaving, Lee gave us, um, gave him uh, his telephone number. He was, he and Marina were staying with brother Robert. And uh, we called up and arranged a meeting and that's history. Wow. That's so crazy. Um, Another thing that I thought was interesting in this book, I always knew Marguerite Lee's mother was odd, but your book definitely showed more about her and how she and Lee even shared a lot of similarities. How do you think that her quirks could have influenced his behavior? Well, I'm neither you nor I are psychiatrists, so you have to to tread carefully. Uh, All I know is uh, she was, I guess, I think she, someone nominated her for the worst mother ever award, but uh, she shared the uh, belief with Lee that the world is against her and that she is current, often or constantly being taken advantage of, slighted, cheated. So the world owes her something. Uh, Lee hated her. He would not allow Marina to admit Marguerite to their apartment. So Lee hated her, but they did share this in common because she brought him up uh, telling him that he was something special. He was destined for greatness. And if he didn't achieve greatness, it was because the world is against him. So they, they shared that. And this all came out very starkly at the Six Flags Inn between Dallas and Fort Worth after the assassination when the Secret Service had Marina, Marguerite, uh, and my father, uh, Pete, who translated for Marina. And um, Marguerite was driving everybody crazy there. Mm -hmm. And she continued, by the way, for quite a while to pester our family with phone calls because she believed we were hiding Marina from her in our house. Wow. 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 Um, speaking of the translating after the assassination, all of that, there was so much insight and information that you shared about what your father did witness after the assassination as Marina's translator. Can you talk a little bit about that conflict that he witnessed between the FBI secret service and just the kerfluffle of all, everything that happened during that time? Well, that was one of the shocking things I discovered, which was this, uh, this bitter enmity between mm-hmm. the Secret Service and the the FBI. The FBI was charged with the after-assassination investigation, uh, but the Secret, Sir, uh, the Secret Service, working with my father, who got a call from Marguerite telling her where she and Marina were hiding out. So my father worked with the Secret Service uh, in translating uh, at the Six Flags Inn. Now, the the rift or, or the enmity between the FBI and um, Secret Service was the fact that the Secret Service thought that the FBI had really dropped the ball because Lee Oswald had come in fairly recently to the FBI office, had had accused them of uh, sexually harassing his wife, threatening to kill them, et cetera. So from the Secret Service's point of view, how did um, 
the FBI let this guy fall through the cracks. So in that in that sense, the FBI is responsible. So that's what uh, what my father noted firsthand. Uh, it came even to the point where uh, they were drawing guns on each other at the Six Flags Inn because uh, the uh, F- the sheriff's uh, deputy who was guarding them at the Six Flags was told not to let the uh, FBI in. So quite remarkable in the aftermath of such a tragedy. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Another thing is you share in the book, and it has to be completely unsettling, be included in the narrative of a conspiracy theory uh, that you certainly did not ask to be a part of. Um, Can you tell everyone a little bit about what that theory was that people put you into and how that felt at the time? Well, I didn't discover it till later. Uh, so it didn't. Bo- something you don't know doesn't bother you. Well, true. <laughs> I, 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 so I, I uncovered it only in doing my research, and I can't quite figure out what the conspiracy is, uh, or was supposed to have been. Uh, there was a statement somewhere that I had visited the Oswalds forty-eight times, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a little, little much. But supposedly I was doing something nefarious in those 48 times that I was uh, visiting with them. But uh, I think this this theory uh, came out of the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union, upon hearing of the assassination and the su- suspect having lived in Russia and having been an avowed communist, they needed to divert attention away from Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm-hmm. So the the theory was that the Fort Worth and Dallas white Russians who were anti-Soviet mm-hmm. uh, had somehow gotten my father into the role of translator so that he could mistranslate uh, Marina and direct attention, uh, direct guilt towards Lee. Uh, so that was, that was, that was the theory. There was also the theory that my father uh, was in the oil business and LBJ uh, was uh, directed by oil interests. And uh, one of the other um, members of the Russian community, her husband, was an attorney for General Dynamics. So there was a General Dynamics big oil conspiracy it's wow. it's hard to keep up with all these things, but I can tell you that I'm not part of any conspiracy that killed the the president. So you, you're the first to know this. When you were talking about uncovering these things, I was like, that has to be wild to hear these things about yourself and be like, what? no, I just literally was taking Russian lessons. I wasn't <laughs> trying to, you know, I just, it's wild. That had to be so crazy. Um, how was that? This isn't even my questions, but I, I just was so curious how was it sitting in their living room? I mean, at the time, you obviously didn't know that he was going to commit this terrible act. But in hindsight, knowing that you spent so much time with these people and were friends with them, was it just the most unreal feeling when you heard the news? Of course, when I heard the news, that's when the unreality uh, began. I, I was in a state of shock for mm-hmm. A very long time. Well, I guess I should have known and my father should have known that 
we were dealing with an odd couple here. Mm. I mean, after all, he had deserted. He'd been uh, deserted from the Marines. Uh, he had started reading Karl Marx at age 15. Uh, he deserted to the Soviet Union, uh, where he uh, relinquished his, his passport and uh, threatened to reveal all these secrets that he had in his head. So, I mean, I, I should have known, uh, even though I was 21 at the time, I should have known that there's something odd here. Mm. But to tell the truth, not much stood out with respect to uh, Lee and Lee and Marina. They were a young couple living very poorly on his $1.25 an hour job. Um, they were both good parents to June. They didn't have enough money for a baby bassinet or bed. So she they they opened a big suitcase and sort of put her in the suitcase to sleep. Um, Lee said very little. Um, the purpose of my visit was to speak Russian and improve my Russian. And so Lee was part of this conversation. So I, to tell the truth, I never heard Lee speak English. Hmm. Uh, and uh, his Russian was good. Um, so they came across as a poor couple um, living under difficult circumstances. She she was shy. He was not a natural talker. He he didn't he did not re reveal much about himself because I would ask him questions and and would not really get answers. Of course, at the time, if anyone would have said you're sitting in the living room of the future assassin of a president, I would have thought that person's totally crazy. So that's 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 the best I can answer your question. That's a great answer. I, j I just can't imagine the out-of-body feeling that that had to be when you learn the news. I just can't imagine. So you do go on at, at, towards the end of the book, and you talk about if you believe Lee was capable of committing this terrible act. So will you share here with the audience, do you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was capable and do you believe he could have acted alone? Um, I would I would say uh, quite definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. I never had much trouble uh, thinking and understanding that he did it and that he did it alone. Uh, I had already come to that conclusion the next, the morning after the assassination, on the way to the Secret Service office in Oklahoma City, so I've never had a problem um, uh, accepting the fact that he did it and he did it alone. In writing the book, I became even more convinced that I was correct because we tend to grossly underestimate Lee Harvey Oswald. He was a very smart and devious guy. Uh, we underestimate him, and I underestimated him because he could not spell, he could not punctuate, uh, he did not graduate from high school, he had nothing going for him. So the assumption is here's a loser, and a loser can't kill a president. Uh, from what I observed and put together was he was quite capable of um, killing a president. Uh, on $1.25 an hour. It's just think of all the things he did 
uh, earning virtually no income whatsoever, but he was devious, manipulative. He was a pretty good planner. He planned the assassination, the failed assassination of General Walker for uh, two or three weeks with notebooks and bus schedules and so forth. Uh, most of all, it's clear that he did possess what some call the soul of a killer. Hmm. Because he, he clearly intended to kill General Walker, and most people don't even know about that incident. Uh, he, uh, without hesitation, killed Officer Tippett. And uh, I think he took a shot at the policeman who arrested him in the movie theater. So he definitely was a killer, uh, and one cannot dispute that. What's less well known is the fact that he was quite capable in a, in a number of respects, which I've listed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Guys, get this book. I'm telling you, it is so, so very good, so intriguing, so much information that I had never heard or learned before. I will put a direct link to purchase in the description of this episode. And again, Paul, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and rate and review. I really appreciate when you take the time to write a positive written review. So if you have not done that, please do so on Apple Podcasts. Check out our merch shop. We have everything you possibly need for all the seasons, but we got some good cozy sweatshirts. So highly recommend. Make sure you're following me at Kennedy Dynasty on Instagram to keep up with what we're doing and what's going on. I've got a really good episode coming up next week for you guys on Lynn Billings. Surprisingly, I have not covered him and his life. So I'm really excited to tell you guys a little bit more about him and it'll be great. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.